Oh, you know what else I was reading about today? Democracy is dying in the world. So, like, it's been spreading for, like, 100 years, and now it's, like, on the reverse. For real? Yeah. Well, that's the good old American way of spreading to everybody. Yeah. What's next? You know what I, uh... So I've been wearing a bandage. I've been wearing a bandage on my knuckle, uh, for the past... You want to bomb this up? Because you punched something? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so you snap. Yeah, I actually, I, I, it wasn't on the accident, I punched it. But what I've noticed is with the bandage on my knuckle, girls have been... Asking you what happened, or...? Well, not only that, but kind of giving me looks. <clears throat> man, they look like, what the hell's wrong with you with the bandages? <laughs> no, on, not man. at all. Not at Why all. this motherfucker got bandages on? It's been quite the opposite. You ain't Nelly. No, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> They're like, oh, what is this guy getting into that he's got to wear a bandage on his knuckles? I don't see any cuts on his face. His face looks pretty. Yeah, so you won whatever you got into. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might do it right, like, forever now <laughs> as an accessory. No, I don't, I, no, don't, don't start that trend. And, well, anyways, it wouldn't be the only trend that I started. Anyways, we're back. Mm-hmm. We're back with Armand yeah, and Don. Yeah. Armand came back to holiday. What's up, Armand? What's up? What's poppin'? <laughs> yeah, what is poppin'? You're a PhD student now? You live in Irvine? Drowning in Asia? He, a, he a, a player hater? Player hater was was a decent for Degree, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get these sponsors. I'm excited for this one. Let's get the sponsors. Let's get the sponsors out. We got sponsors on one. That's all. Okay. First sponsor, Alpha Brain, vitamins for your brain. You've heard the spiel. You need vitamins for your body. Not only do you need vitamins for your body, but you also need vitamins for your brain. Number two, Renaissance Bookshop. On Elizabeth Street off of Magnolia. It's run by Gene Beckerman. The guy owns the place. He's not even renting out the building. He owns that motherfucker. Owns it. They can't take it away from him. Actually, I, I think he might uh, pass on soon. For real? He's Re- not? He's about to die? He just How looks very sickly. He, I don't know. Not old, but he looks very sickly and thin. Yeah. And, book, you know. Yeah. You better try to put your bin on some home. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I've been going in a little bit more often. Because he seems like a lonely guy, and I don't think he has any kids. There's no way yeah. I can. Like probably wants to play with his ball. <laughs> Would it be worth it? Damn! Uh, to find out. For what? To get the bookstore. To own the bookstore. Oh, I see. You, you yeah. want to no, inherit the bookstore. This bookstore is amazing. Renaissance Bookshop is one of the last independent bookstores in America. Really? Where is it? It's right. I just told you. I'll find it. I don't know about that. On Elizabeth Street. One of the last ones. African bookshop in Corona. Shout out to the African Bookshop in Corona. I forgot what it's called offhand. But there's an African Bookshop right downtown Corona. I think it's called like Out of Africa or something like that. Privately owned bookstore, probably. Privately owned. We might have to, we'll ask them to be a sponsor then. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's, anyways, it's on Elizabeth Street right off of Magnolia. You make a left, it's right, it's across from the Goodwill store. Great, great, uh, great bookshop. And our third and final sponsor, last yeah. but certainly not, least the church of what's happening now church with Joey Diaz and the flying Jew the Christ killer Lee Syed the Christ killer (laughs) (laughs) he's a flying Jew we got Christians that listen to this he's a Christ killer don't be killing Christ they already killed him one time that's that's what he does by this the Christ killer don't kill him again this is the church of what's happening now where turkeys you know what I've been thinking about actually that's a that's a that's a motto that I made. That's a catch line. That's a tagline that I made up for the church of what's happening now. But I'm thinking about stealing it and putting on a, a, a sweatshirt. Uh, it's a party either way. Where turkeys learn how to 
the eagle's white gobble when you can soar. Fly like a motherfucking eagle. Fly like a motherfucking yeah, exactly. Armand, what are we gonna talk about today? We're gonna Dude, talk about the death of well, mentality. Okay. And uh, there's so much to talk about. We we live in a politically transformational time. Democracy we live under dying. Trump. Trump, de- democracy's dying worldwide. Statistically, literally. Statistically, it's, it's dying. dying. North Korea might at any second blow off. Like, like. Well, the, I, like no, the, we can talk about that too, but that's. Not, well, not if Dennis Rodman can have something to say about it. Yeah. Part of the city. Madness, madness. People tell me there ain't no use in trying. So, I'm a yeah. I'm I'm a guy. I go to UC Irvine. I went to UC Riverside. Um, I feel closer to Riverside. I like basketball. I like uh, I like um, politics. Talking about politics, world politics, especially okay. the uh, the trend, the political trends of a certain era, revolutions, conflict. Do you have a particular revolution or? Aaron Thomas, like I got most? yeah I mean right now first of all we got a bunch of protests going on all around the world for the past like the five years you see our newspaper I've been in the UCR newspaper like 15 times not to <laughs> I mean in the past week I'm yeah about. he said that ain't nothing I'm yeah <laughs> that ain't nothing. <laughs> twice <laughs> yeah well you're yeah, right well in the paper the the picture in the paper was from a year ago um, in the UCR new- newspaper, that was from a year ago. That was against Trump, um, against like the the ban against uh, like seven countries uh, of immigrants from seven countries. Then we have the UCI paper that was um, we. I was just like in the background. I wasn't doing anything special, um, but we were protesting the uh, the tax bill that the Republicans are about to pass, which says that the tuition waivers that grad students get will be like will be included as as income and it'll be considered income so basically grad students who also get already get paid like very little we're gonna get like several thousand dollars more in taxes so i knew a lot of students who were gonna have to drop out because of what the republicans were doing with the tax bill so but they, they that got excluded now and just in the past day or something they announced that they're not going to do that so mm. just this, yeah go this ahead new, this new tax plan is insane yeah and it's such I'm a good. stereotypical like um the accumulation of money yeah and then, and then, uh, by people in power, and then using that power to then give themselves benefits. Like it's yeah, just, it, it, it's the one percent increasing their stronghold of the American economy. 
Well, that's right, Marx. See, Marx was right. Dude, okay. You know this. Okay, all right, all right. So I've been getting into communism a little bit. I had to write a paper. Communist Interesting. You a communist? Kinda. <laughs> I knew you was a communist. Not really. You know, like, <laughs> communist I enjoy capitalism. I knew you were. I enjoy capitalism. I enjoy getting money. Yeah, fucking bitches too. But um, I had to write this paper. It was on John Locke, Machiavelli, and Karl Marx. I called it a, what did it call it? I called it a diplomat, a physician, and two Marxists walking to a bar. That was the title of the paper. <laughs> <laughs> you always Boo! Have, that's <laughs> whack! No, it wasn't whack. You're always oh, okay. supposed to have a good title for it. For oh, okay. Anyways, I read about, I was reading. That's gonna fall off. My taco fall It's gonna. Shout out to Armand for not forgetting the hot sauce, by the way, because people always forget the hot sauce when they, they make do? food. Dude, it's the most hot sauce. First of all, you, that says a lot about a person's personality. If they don't, you know, exactly. if they don't eat no hot sauce, exactly. I, I can't fuck with you, dog. I can't mess with you. you don't, if you don't like hot sauce, it means you don't take risk in life, man. You know. I know. I know, friend. I'm not gonna say. I'll talk about it. We can talk about it off mic. But I'm. A, I know specific incidences Uh-oh. where relationships have deteriorated Uh-oh. significantly because the the need for hot sauce was ignored. Mm. I don't even know if I can talk about it off mic. They might get mad at me. They might be listening right now. Man, that man, we out here. Okay. You know, they know who we at. Anyways, so with the hot sauce. Exactly. So I was writing this paper and I was reading about communism and it is it's pretty it's remarkable that Karl Marx in the nineteenth century was able to predict the trends of capitalism. But I'm not that familiar with it, Armand. Can you tell me? I mean basically the the basic thing is accumulation of wealth. Yes. Well, yeah, so basically, I think a lot, like, a ton of Marx's, like, fundamental premises about capitalist society have proven really, really true for the past, like, 150 years that we've had capitalism. Maybe when he said, like, oh, you know, Marx thought he was on, that society was on the verge of revolution when he was alive. So he was probably wrong about that. But his criticisms of capitalism are some of the most important, like, uh, fundamental things you need to understand about the things wrong with society as it is today so like you know just like you were talking about the entire system is basically you know a a game like run by the rich where they can basically pass any policy they can do anything they want at any time to increase their share of like profit to increase whether or not it's detrimental to the working class or not so you know in the past like just with you know the things like we don't give a damn about them yeah exactly not even fuck them not even fuck them but let's squeeze Every ounce exactly. of that's like, that's fuck em, That's that's the same but thing. But more than that, because fuck them is just like let's ignore them. Yeah, f- fuck them is like let's get let's disregard them. We yeah, don't exactly. care about them. But it's like no, we need their it's labor to intri- that, enrich us. Squeezing the juice out of these people, and I, I sound so so tight, dude. It, it sounds it's vampiric. It's demonic. It really is demonic. Like when you look yeah. at it, because you're sucking the energy. You're sucking the dude. When yeah. you look at it spiritually, the, right? Like it, when yeah, you, it's definitely vampire uh, science with the with that. Definitely a vampire science. It's it's like uh, when you yeah when you look at it like on a metaphys- metaphysical level, it is like it, it is a, what the scar? Yeah, Dude, it's cold. I got a cold. It's almost dystopian, right? Because it's like this concept of this rich minority. Like th- this is the concept of like so many fiction books in the past, like 1984. This group, yeah. uh, you know, that controls society so tightly in so many ways and can just like exploit people. Um, that I mean, it sounds dystopian, but we live that, you know? That's just like the regular, everyday system. It's dystopian, and then it doesn't seem like... It's dystopian? I don't what, you said who? Dystopian. What's, what's dystopian? I mean, like, apocalyptic. Like, that's apocalyptic. It means like, oh. yeah. Okay, so dystopian is mean like Armageddon or apocalyptic. Dude, we're going to start world. having to provide our own internet. 
with this whole net neutrality. Yeah, thing. did you see that? What is that yeah. about? They gonna charge me ten dollars to get on Google and them? Yeah. They, they Even could. more than that, they can do whatever they want. This wow. is, dude. This is exactly what we're talking about. So, so now, so okay, this is the kickoff. Okay. It's the kickoff. What do you mean? Because first of all. The inter- the revolution will not be televised, but it will be on the internet. Yeah, I have said that plenty of true, times. Yeah. And on my Snapchat, how we too check it out. Okay, it will it will not be televised. It will be on the mother yeah. internet. So that being said, whenever they do some shit like that, and and, and some ma- that's a major thing. Think about it. It's been free all this time. You're talking about 20, 30, what, 30 years, whatever. Almost damn it. Now all of a sudden, it's kind of like a nine eleven. Of the internet. Yeah, you know what? You know, you know what, what dictators do these days? Like, in, when there's protests in a country and there's revolutions happening, the first one of the first things they do, shut off the internet. When yeah. there's a revolution happening, because yeah. they know this that's how people organize. This is that they they like. Okay, hold on, goddamn it, y'all motherfuckers talk a little too much on the internet. Y'all waking up a little. Y'all waking yeah. up in droves. Well, yeah. You know thinking, what I'm saying? I mean, what are the in droves though? What are, what are the consequences going to be for this podcast? This podcast has been a great outlet for a lot. I, dude, you know, we, we've we had like 20-some-odd people on this spot, or, or like 16 or 17-odd people of our peers. Well, on however, however many episodes, that's how many people we had, damn it. Well, not because there was yeah, a first couple. If it sounded like us, that wasn't us, that was our, our twin brother. It was the first couple that we didn't have guests, but we've had some people on, and they've yeah. been able to express themselves, yeah. for the most part, in a pretty, besides Mina, which we got to put that podcast up, Mina K. Poor, because she got spooked because somebody in her frat was going to... Man, me and Mina need to yeah, get her hoes together. Yeah, she does need to get She got she to gotta have better hoes. Mina, get, get your hoes control together, baby. Get okay? Together. You need to have more hoes control. If you got a little works and shit going on, you need to control your works. Okay? For you lose all of them now. Get it together. Okay? I'm just trying to say. I ain't well, for the most part, home. people have come on this podcast and spoken candidly, and we're very very grateful for that. And I, I remember there's this there was this moment when the, the seven of us were here doing episode 20, and I was just watching everybody sound off. And I had this moment of bliss where there's a couple things that I was thinking. One was how everybody was just communicating and the power of it to just express yourself freely and and how and 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 how what we were saying was potentially threatening or dangerous to certain structures of power. And how if our parents were to hear it or if our employers were to hear it, we might get in trouble. Right. But and I, and I had this moment of bliss where I was like this is like such a great thing that in we're doing things in, in like we're doing a couple things here. We're expressing ourselves. We're being I, I don't know if this is like nars I, I don't know if this is presumptuous, but it is because you had to say that, so that so that means it is. It could be, but I feel like we're kind of being revolutionary by expressing ourselves. I think it's kind of bold of us to express ourselves without being afraid of the consequences or being willing to shoulder the consequences yeah. if someone if the wrong person quote unquote were to hear this because I was like I, I was looking at everybody talking and I was like all we're doing is talking we're talking in a room there's but seven of us light exactly give a telepathic unseen light to people the exchange of light that humans are having right now is dangerous to the powers that be like a motherfucker they okay they like okay you know what we're gonna set a date they have a date come on man just like all these little sexual accusations, the hit list they got with that, that's a hit list. Please believe that was a predetermined list of motherfuckers that, look, they didn't cross the line. They didn't, they, look, they didn't cross the line too much. 
and your day is gonna come where we gonna come down your ass. Just to clarify, Pause. just, but, to, just you know to clarify, you're not saying that these people didn't commit sexual assault. You're saying that these people had committed sexual assault. These power structures knew about it, yeah. but they're like, you know what? Now's yeah. the time to they, squeeze. Man, they the people documented the shit out their ass, for real. They had that shit waiting because see what it is. Well, so most yeah. most of the most of the people who were accused of sexual assault were powerful people. So I think he's saying that even though they're powerful people, I think the power there's strong, another power. Yeah, there was power. I think they are the power. You think so? Like, and why? it's just coincidental that they got outed. You think so? Yeah. Well, because they're Republic. Like, they're so? first of all, they're politicians. A lot of them. This is a mistake now. The, a lot of them are pro- politicians. First of all, oh. second of all, a lot of them Harvey are Republicans. Weinstein, you know? Well, not Harvey Weinstein, but oh. like, are you ta- I mean. There's politicians, there's actors, there's all kinds of people, but they're all rich. I think it's a perfect storm of, of like, we're in an era where sexual misconduct is not at all going to go, it's it's not going to fly. Like, we're past the era where sexual misconduct can happen in in politics and in Hollywood. That's right. So that's no longer happening. Um, And also, I think there's a flood of accusations. I feel like victims are empowered when they see somebody being accused. That's and, right. and so there's that aspect, but I also think there's an aspect of because these power structures for a very long time were existing w- with these with these with the sexual misconduct going on. And while and, and dude, you 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 talk to people in these industries and they'll say, yeah, of course we knew. Everybody knew. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. There was a dude who was talking about Charlie Rose who he was like, I'm not even in media, and I fucking knew about Charlie Rose Charlie Rose years ago. People were talking about Bill Cosby. We knew yeah. about Bill Cosby they years ago. They knew about it, but so it's, have, it's timing. See, these people work about timing and logistics. Okay. Timing and logistics is how they roll. We, as you know, us, you know, color folk and people that, that that think it's cool to be late and all that shit. Nah, that's how they got. That's how you know they be the powers that be. They do whatever you know. Say, they, they have mastered timing logistics. Logistics, excuse me. You know what I'm saying? So they they know just want to come out with a story. So it'll just want to. What's the motive? It's timing. You know what I'm saying? What's the motive? The motive is control, power. But what? But what, I mean, is, what is? To 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 whoever whoever's doing it, they have control. They're they're really the god. But what? It, what is? I mean, the guy. If the person is a criminal, what is? What is the motive in convicting a criminal? I mean, is it a power? I mean, like, what do you it's think? It's money. Prisoners are money. You know what I mean? Let's not forget, prison is a prison. Prison is a big business. Yeah, but we're talking specifically about these powerful people, like yeah. Senator Al Franken and Harvey Weinstein. What are, What are the motives of the power at B to suddenly put the noose around their neck, to wait in the trenches, sort of sit in the pocket, wait, wait, and then expose them? What are the motives? The motives are are to embarrass the person and devalue what they say. The well, character assassination always pre, pre, uh, is before the, the physical one in some sense. Well, what was Weinstein saying that he was causing problems? And, and, and I, I mean, I, I'm not behind. I'm not in Hollywood. I'm not on that scene. Uh, I can't speak on what happened, but all I know is Amanda Seals said some shit. And according, to, uh, I don't think Amanda Seals is lot. But I'm Seals? saying they, they got people like Russell Simmons coming out. They got all the Harvey Weinstein. They got a list, homie, of a lot of these people. Are coming from back from 1975. They said they've been raped, or said they've been at. Just come on, man. The court of public opinion outweighs the truth sometimes, and sometimes we go off the court of public opinion 
and what Instagram says or what Facebook says instead of actually letting people being tried, you know, said the, the due process. So this is where me and crew differ on like on on like instances like this in history where crew is inclined to be a little bit more conspiratorial about these things. Mm. Whereas I, I just know that I know my I know my country. Yeah. And I know how my country gets down. You see what I'm saying? You're from Ethiopia. Yeah. I know I know the well, lineage I was born and here. I know, I get it, but the the culture you were brought up with was Ethiopian yeah. culture. Yeah. You wasn't talk too much about Jim Cornell Co- Co- and the Black Panther Party and SMIC and uh and the Tuskegee experiment and AIDS and crack and yeah. all these things affecting my people. Since they stepped off that boat called, called Jesus. Since we, since we stepped off that boat called Jesus, it's been a problem. It's been a problem, yeah. It's been a problem. So, um, when we stepped off Jesus, um, that's when we became slaves. Um, you know, you said you adopted the Judeo-Christian Jesus? The, the, you don't know about the, the boat named Jesus? Was the, was the, the first boat connected over here? No, yeah, do, do you history? Hold on, there's a... There's, there's a ship named Jesus. Oh, uh, super facts. Let me ship, write that a ship down. named Jesus. Okay. Yes. A ship named Jesus. We were brought we, we were brought into that slavery early. You're getting you know very pastry right now. Huh? You're getting very pastry right now. Who? You. <laughs> Alright, so okay. No, I'm just saying, the slave ship, the slave ship. Okay, the slave ship. Came on the slave ship. Yeah. You know, financed by lawyers in London, people like that, but, you know what I mean? Um, no, so basically, um, it was just a different ringer we went through, man. So I know my, how sneaky this country is when it comes to, you know what I'm saying? In yeah. terms of like, just the, the hurt and the harm that, and, and the trauma that has been put upon. From informants being put in organizations to neutralize them, from not even just slavery, from diseases, from 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 advertising to, to, to certain men in Alabama, look, come for this, uh, you know, certain thing and mess around, give them syphilis, you know, what I'm saying, and, and, and it's just like it, it's demonic, it's evil, and it's almost just like you know. You don't have to. You, I'm not saying, and it's not an all white people are like that. Cause ain't no, we have it's a good power white brother right here. Power well, he's, it's only, not, it's he's, not, he's only half white. Well, ha- he 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 a half good brother. I don't know part of him. But frankly, <laughs> frankly, Persians are Aryans, so okay. he's like he double double. But Arman, you've got to you've got to um, as someone who's very, who's politically oriented and politically studied, you've got to have some examples of conspiratorial behavior that was actually like sabotaged by power structures. Well, yeah, so crew School actually, us. So, so crew actually named a bunch of interesting ones that I think he's right about. Um, so like Cohen's Hell Pro for one, um, there's like all I mean, that's just one example. There's all there since like, you know, hundreds of years, they've been doing all kinds of shady political shit, whether it's spying on activists, it's infiltrating activists, it's straight up assassinating activists. Like the government is extremely shady and it, it's you know, with the intent purpose of, you know, denying anyone, especially like left-wing radicals, that's been their main focus throughout their whole career, their whole like, you know, existence, like the Black Panthers or the Communist Party or something like that. Like left-wingers, these are the biggest like um, threat to their power. So, you know, y- have y'all heard of Fred Hampton by chance? Oh, rest in peace to the God. Yeah, so... You know what I'm saying? He, he died, he died tell, tell on December 4th, the same day Jay-Z was born. Tell, tell the folks about Fred Hampton. So basically, yeah, yeah, the deal yeah, with Fred Hampton... Fred Hampton's organizing in Los Angeles, and he's really old, 22, yeah. Twenty three to twenty 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 died. Yeah, That's how young, he's bro. so young. Dude, he's so yeah, yeah, these people are crazy. How young? He's Newton. Yeah, he's organizing Los Angeles. He's doing a really good job. He's they've never really seen anyone like this organizing Los Angeles. Yeah. So what happens is I think no I, internet. I I think they accuse him. No 
Panthers, of course they had no internet. Just Yeah. Panthers ain't had no internet. They had no internet. Panthers Twitter down. So basically, the FBI. It might have been the FBI or the LAPD. They did a raid on his house, and they straight up, while he was sleeping, they just came to his house, shot him right, just right there, while well, he was I, sleeping, I, I, I gotta, and they I gotta, blamed I him. I you off right there, my brother. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, you. I can't let you, uh... <laughs> Go ahead, what happened, what happened? I thought it was you. Chicago Police Department. Chicago. Chicago, Illinois. What? Is that Fred Hampton laid there with his woman's pregnant, his pregnant okay, wife. you know about it. Go ahead. And Mark Clark. Wait a second, there are threesome? First of all, what? But you... Man, get your mind out the way. Don't disrespect our grace <laughs> like that. Just because you from Ethiopia, nigga, don't disrespect our grace. Now, come on, man. Don't do that. Don't okay, what happened? What happened? I want to hear the story. <laughs> you talking about threesome? Nah, nigga. This nigga, it, it, was, it, was a it was a revolution. It was a revolution. It was Vietnam War. A lot of shit yeah. going on. <laughs> Motherfuckers had to lap up and be in a one-room apartment sometime. Okay. That brother was 23 years old when they killed him. Okay. Do you know they sit in a foreman named William O'Neill? to get to be cool with them, infiltrate that organization. And they, you know what William O'Neill did? He took the blueprints to Fred Hampton's house, to the Chicago oh, Police Department, to the Chicago Police Department, and they went in there and assassinated him. Do you know there was 100 rounds going to that bedroom? Over 100 yeah. rounds going towards that one bedroom. His wife laying there pregnant. His homie right there on the floor. Yeah. Okay, we talking about the leader of the Black Panther Party, Chicago. That's how much J. Edgar Hoover hated these mothers. That's J. Edgar Hoover hated black people. He hated powerful black people. He hated revolutionary black people. That's real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, nigga, they didn't put us through. Nigga, we should have been turned this motherfucker upside down. But you know why we ain't did that? Because we're a loving people, and we we we, we know that we are forgiving people, but to our detriment. That's what got us over here in the first goddamn place. Being too cool and too loving and accepting of motherfuckers. No, man. Can't be like that all the time. Any other examples? Well, they're like more I mean, or less che endless. Guevara, I mean, we, yeah. I mean, well, Ch Che Guevara is, I mean, assassinated or he's killed by the Bolivian forces who were tipped off by the CIA to his location. Um, but internally, if we're talking about internal repression in the United States, they've been doing that even now, just with the Occupy movement, with the anti-war movement, there's been police, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, they've been infiltrating all these movements and there's like known that evidence should, that of that. That's that should have front, front too. Yeah. So, but but when it comes to like the sexual assault accusations, I, would just, I wouldn't say there's any conspiracy there, mainly because whenever they do have these shady programs going on, it's with a very clear political motive to, right. to maintain... What is the motive of this hit list? sexual assault you know to, to come out and get the sexual assault but I do agree there is something I think maybe they just committed sexual assault so they they're they're gonna get outed when they do that and I, think I don't think it, there's anything else I don't know it's, I think there's and this this perfect storm of like uh, you know the, no more sexual misconduct like this is there's an this is an era of empowerment for women yeah. and sexual and, and just bullshit dude it's this weird it is, and I love I love it for the women because women deserve that. They've been deserved that. The woman the woman is like very underrated and very unappreciated of what a woman does. Okay, especially the single one that's raising the kids. Okay, and it's just like my mother. You know, it's just like both my parents were together. I mean, well, excuse me. Both, both my, they weren't together, but they were still in my life. You feel me? And but that I was lucky. 
Everybody was so lucky like that. It's so important to have two parents in your life. It ain't funny, G. What you, what you think about that? Aren't you a, you're a psychology major? Yeah, I mean, I didn't do much into psychology. Yeah. Well, what's, your, what's your major? Social and psych. But I study social now at uh, UCI. So, as a, as a half, uh, what you say, half white and what else? Half Persian, half white. Not that it matters or anything, because race don't matter. But I'm just saying, I, you know, we, we culturally, 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 I like to see where people are from. You see what I'm saying? Um, but what is your take on, like, on, on that? Like, in terms of, like, what's going on now and with the internet changing now, with that kickoff, with that, and just how things are going to get real tricky. Like, what do you think, in your eyes, is the best thing to do to prepare yourself for that? Uh... You mean like net neutrality, or more so like the net neutrality, and just the, the um like we're like like if you had say you had like a little cousin or a little brother or something yeah and they're they're not really they're seeing what's going on but they're not really knowing uh. exactly what's going on like how would you communicate or not not sure that 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 age but I'm like how would you how would you, how would I explain yeah. the, the the overall political climate right okay well. All right, this is good stuff. So, so right now, I think the the best political time you can compare the the current like political polarization that we're seeing to yeah. is probably 1930s in, wow. in in Europe. So what what's going on in 1930s in Europe? Basically, fascists are rising, right? Okay. Um, same thing going on right now. We have like like white supremacists coming around. We got like Nazis coming back. Popping Trump, out of nowhere, huh? Yeah, Trump himself. Like, they gotta know. We just wanna know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trump himself is like pretty blatantly discriminatory and racist in his own way. So, yeah. and then on the left wing, we have people going like farther left. We have like the majority of the Democratic Party base basically now saying Bernie Sanders is the most popular politician, most liked politician in the entire party, who's like a socialist. And if you if you know anything about the word socialism and communism in the United States, those are demonized words, highly demonized words. Anyone in the in the during the Cold War era who called themselves those words was blacklisted from everything. So. Just that, just the fact that we have a presidential candidate who would have won the presidency had he ran and been in the general election, being a socialist, that that's already indicative of a huge transformation in the political atmosphere. Um, but the thing is, the, the reason I compared it to the 1930s and why we can see po both polls, both right wingers going to the far right and left wingers going to the far left, is because so many social characteristics are the same. So one, we're coming out of a recession. You know, in 1930s Germany, they were going through a hell of a depression. Um, and all like a bunch of the, the European and United States, uh, United States were too. So um, you have a really strong cultural shift as well, political cultural shift. So exactly what we were talking about with Jordan Peterson and all the like, uh, like you know, political correctness culture, or like uh, the, you know, the left, like social anti-capitalist behavior rising, Occupy happened, Black Lives Matter happened, all these sexual assault allegations coming out, right. feminism, yeah. third wave feminism is here. Um, this is we're going through a really it, like it's it's quite a time to be alive, honestly, because we're going through quite a political shift in like so many ways. Um, and and people who are conservative, especially people who come from like some kind of like racially or you know nationally privileged background, like the Germans in 1930 and white people now, they cling to what they know and they see that their own power is like they they're afraid that their power is fading. So they cling to something that will be off, that will guarantee in a dictator-like fashion that they will not lose that power. So that's why white people flock to Trump today, and that's why white people flock to Ger to Hitler back then because they thought there was a political shift. They got scared, and they said we need someone who's strong and going to protect our power. Right. So, 
So, so yeah, I'm asking you a question. It's, it's, it's so crazy because the time that we're in right now, it almost reminds me of like one of the apocalyptic movies, like the calm before the storm. Right. Like exactly. Independence Day or one of the movies, like something's like, coming. Like the scene right before you start seeing the aliens like going through the yeah. shit. <laughs> this one it feels like right like the Christmas before. Yeah. G. Yeah. I, yeah, shit I walk you around, not. I walk around campus. It feels like the Christmas before, nigga. Here's the thing. I don't I don't feel like a lot of people sense that. I feel like very few people sense that. I, I feel like, you know what? I disagree. And, uh, and, uh, Go on. Well, I, I think there's a certain... You, 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 you just be taking pictures of the, you know, with, you know... Yeah, because I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. Yeah, you're paying attention to the mountain taking pictures. Now, I, I think there is a certain section of the population that is very uh, attentive to what's going on. In the political climate, in the social climate, in the cultural climate, yeah. but I think also there is a certain level of ineptitude at really at, at that attentiveness. I think they're attentive, but not in the right way. And then, but I think that's a, that's a few people. And then I think there's like a larger group that is pretending to be attentive, but they're not really attentive. And then I think the majority is just not attentive at all. And maybe it's maybe it's because well, the circles I'm around. Maybe it's because I'm no. Just well, I think it's because all these people don't seem to be having any kind... They seem to be normal because you've grown up around millennials. Like, you're saying you're walking around with college students. You know what? Millennials voted, like, 90% against, like, the dominant candidate. They voted against their party lines. Like, they're, the millennials are the ones going to Black Lives Matter protests, going to Occupy Wall Street protests, going to No Dapple protests, at rates that were not the case in the 2000s and the they rates in the 90s and the rates in the... Some of them ages, though. Some of them ages. Some of them... Some of them are people though. Asians or agents? Some agents, nigga, the people. Oh. Twelve. Agents. The police. Oh, okay. The ones. The rollers. What? Yeah. Yeah, so like, I mean, I see what you're saying if you when you when you're like when you're in a college atmosphere and you just see people walking around, you're not thinking like, oh, these people are like you you know, they're on their iPhones, they're worried about the fashion trends and shit, or like the pop culture and shit. You're like, oh, they're, they're like asleep. But you know what, compared to the 2000s, compared to the 90s, compared to the 80s, these people are way more protesty, way more willing to vote for people that are not in the political establishment, way more willing to challenge fundamental ideas of the society we live in. Like, and I don't wanna- you know the ding ding this? Why? Por que? You know why? Because of that motherfucking internet. Yeah, Could be. That's it. No, it ain't no. No, that is it. That's what I was gonna get back. To that then. motherfucking well. internet has caused problems. Yeah, and like a motherfucker. Yeah, and so, what better way to have? For, it's like killing a thousand birds with one stone. Yeah, I would also look at economic factors. That that's a good one too. And a lot of like social movement scholars are really concerned with the internet these days because like, damn, this tool is really getting people out in the streets. Regard, but aside from that as well, we have econ millennials have economic issues that are far greater than the millennial than boomers had and then Generation X had, which is two generations before us. So you know, we have this idea society should always be getting better, and millennials kind of had that promise. In the post-Cold War world, there was this kind of vibe of like, oh, the wars are over, poverty is going to be going away pretty soon, all these kind of things like technology is increasing, where there's going to be this really great like society ahead of us. Millennials ended up with a major amount of inequality, a major amount of share of a nation's resources going to the 1%, somewhat un unexpected phenomena they have greater poverty greater unemployment greater rates of renters like renting homes rather than owning homes all these economic factors like student loan debt a tremendous amount of student loan debt i think it was like it skyrocketed by like you know 50 times or, or such or something like that um we have all these economic problems that have built up 
And it only makes sense that we're willing to support radical solutions to solve them because the you know, traditional politics that we see have, no, have like no interest in solving these problems. So not only did we have the promise that we, you know, would have a growing economic, like, you know, la like work would be getting easier, technology would be increasing, life would be easier. But we, we not only had those simmering long-term economic problems, but then we had a recession to make it all worse. So, so, so there's, 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 like I said, it just makes sense that millennials are in this kind of critical moment where we're the one of the first generations definitely to be countercultural. Yeah, there's definitely some crossroad, yeah. crossroad actually going on. And and see, the fucked up part about it is, a lot of them have been distracted for so long. It's almost like it literally has been like a generation that has been like it's, a dome has been put on them. And there's literally people like scientists that are looking down on them like. It's worked perfectly. They're, they're on their phones. They're connected. It's almost like it's a Siamese thing. Like you, they, they don't leave no. It's you, your phone. Your phone literally is like your aura now. Like you know, everybody has an yeah. aura. That's your, that your phone is part of your aura now. And for people that want, like, I wasn't really. I was raised in it, but the, we, our phones weren't exactly smart yet. We still had the remedial ones. You know what I mean? They didn't develop yet. It was still kind of yeah. dumb phones, you dig? So, with that being said, I, I definitely think the powers that be, they think 30, 40, 50 years ahead. Um, and it shows now. This is the 2000s generation. So, um, you know, of course, we had 9-11. We had 9-11 was the kickoff. When 9 11, 9 11, they kicked it off with 9-11. And now with this internet thing, that's, a, that's, that's literally, it's going to be like another shift. Let's believe that's going to be a shift, homie, because people are not going to take that lightly. And it's almost like it's literally the part in the movie when you see, like, the people start gathering up the revolutionaries and gathering up. Because I watched a lot of movies, you dig? Yeah. And I feel like the powers that be, like you said, they're politicians. A lot of them, it goes hand in hand. So, first of all, movies and media is the number one tool for mind control in this country. What? Period. Hands yeah. down. Nothing else. The visual, the, the, the laptop, computer, the phones, movies. Number one tool of my control adopted from Nazi Germany. Nazi Germany. Okay? And Russia, I think, too. Huh? So I'm just saying, like, you got to just think about that, man. Now, I just, I don't know, man. For the, the, the channels I get now is strap up. It's almost like, it's almost like, <laughs> hey. It's almost like when, uh, when, uh, when Biggie Bodyguard called uh, his hom the homies in L.A. that owned the club before Biggie went out to L.A. and said, hey, uh, what's up? What's up? You know, what the move with us? Coming out there. You know what I'm saying? Somebody said when the, the bad boy shit was going on with the, with the death row. And usually the dude that he calls, he has a conversation with him. You know the only thing he said? Strap up. Click. Strap up, like people have a strap is a gun. Help. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Like, strap up, strap up. I watch movies, okay? I'm just saying. So with that saying, strap up meaning be prepared. Start preparing yourself. Get your legal doc, get your passport, get your legal guns, get your water, get your motherfucking documents, your your money out, the money, get your money out of these banks. Don't leave all your money in these banks, G. I'm telling you. I'm just saying, man. I, I, man. I, I, just have a stash, G. No, have a stash, my nigga. 
definitely was that? unprecedented amounts of instability, and I think that's what Armand was getting at, and, uh, talking about nineteen the nineteen thirties. Yeah. And now it's, I, I, you know, I don't know. Are we are the stakes high enough, or are we skilled enough? to respond in the way that people responded in the 1930s and the 1940s. Because I feel like people were prepared in the 1930s and 1940s. I think in terms of their willpower, and I think what prepared they... Prepared for what? What do, you, what do you mean? Prepared for the worst. Prepared to... I mean, to die, really. Prepared oh, to yeah, die see, for what yeah. they believe in. Yeah. And I don't know if our generate. I, I mean, are we prepared... I mean, I think if things get very, very bad... It, human instincts will kick in and we'll be prepared. Yeah. But I think until that point, and I think that's what's been pushing this machine along, is that even though things, uh, by any standard, things have been bad in terms of like mortgages, the recession, uh, uh, the, the, the shrinking of the middle class, yeah. increasing inequality, how much it takes to uh, have a college education. There has been a lot of uh, aspects to the worsening of the standard of living. living. But because it's been good enough, I think we've been pretty complacent, and and so we've just been letting it happen. So so what I'm saying is like, are we prepared to really to to correct this? Do you think? Does history have? I mean, I, you know, I, I agree. I agree. I see this like. You some water you got, you got I got water. Okay. I see. Oh, Armand's always trapped with water. I uh that water hurt there. Alkaline, alkaline gang. I but I always you know I I sense it. I almost I sense this vibe. I sense it and it's very distinct. And it'll be it'll hit me in strange. Like I'll be walking uh, to my car late at night. I'll be and I'll have to take a long walk because I don't have a parking permit. Because fuck UCR. Damn, how you gonna say fuck them? Damn, that's the that's the hood though. I love UCR, but also fuck UCR. Well, say that too, cause you gotta say both of them together. Don't for say example, one good, but after the other, you know. For example, for example, say that. That's the hood. For though. example, these blue fast classes that I have to take, these general ed classes where the teacher is reading Rainbow, and people following me on Snapchat know exactly what I'm talking about. Where the professor looks like the lady from Monsters Inc. that says Mike Wazowski. Who's that one? Who's that? Who's that fucking the clerk lady? Uh, I swear yeah. to God, you saw the one in yeah. Halloween. You saw my Snapchat on Halloween where she looks exactly like that lady, Mike Wazowski. And all she does literally is reading Rainbow in the class in the lecture. Hey, like, man, like, if I see LeVar Burton and yeah. grab the titty or jacked off in front of somebody, I can't watch no more TV, Gene. I'm lo- done with this shit, man. If they say motherfucking what's the name from Star Trek for Levar, uh, Levar, if they say Levar Burton, then touch somebody and grab the ass and then squeeze an uh, areola or something. Nah, man, I'm through, Jim. I love UCR, but fuck UCR. Example number two, parking. Three hundred dollars for the entire year. Three hundred dollars to park for a parking spot. Meanwhile. We we got all these. Uh, what what it, you know? We gotta get Preston on because Preston, we're gonna talk about the administrative bloating uh, of of the university, specifically the UCs, and how the UCs and schools in general. The focus is not on education. The focus is on attracting consumers who will pay. Right. So there's all these things. So fuck UCR, boss. I love UCR. What was my original point? Do we know? I don't know. Nobody ever knows. Oh, I can sense I don't, it. I don't know. Walking back to my car. Shout out to Alpha Brain. Walking, no, Alpha you, you hooked, walking you back. You now. Walking they got clinics, my nigga. I'm telling you, you check yourself in, six-week program, you're done. You're done. I'm telling you, it ain't that hard, dude. No, hell no. See? No. Nope. Alpha Brain. Nope. Uh, I should think of Alpha Brain. No, I'll feel it when I'm walking back to my car, and there'll be 
particularly in fall, would there be dead trees? The trees are dead, and there's crows. There's like crows that are like, you know, like they're on the street, and then they go up, they go up into the dead trees. <laughs> and you watching the crows and shit? And what the, world you be in? And they're crying. You were smoking that good. You you were smoking on low, and you don't tell me. Not at all. Your eyes are red when you get over here. Shit. No, not I don't even want to say nothing. No, no. I, I just I, if you smoking on low, it's cool. You ain't gotta be. In front of I'm telling you. I'm telling I, ain't, you. I ain't the one going with your ass. Your mama never going with your ass. I ain't I'm telling you. I walk to my car and I can sense this dystopian, like, and I'll listen to a particular song or listen to a certain podcast, and I'll be like, it's about to kick off. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm prepared. I mean, I try and prepare myself. I read stoicism, and I try and meditate like a Jedi, and I work out, and I read, you know. You said that because I started working with Ken today. And I mean, I don't know. Are we prepared, Armand? Are you prepared? Are you prepared? I mean, I don't know. Like, what does it take to be prepared? Like, it could be a world war. It could be a, a revolution here. It could be a civil war here. I don't know. I don't know, but like I, I said, strap up, click. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the motto, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. But not so much strap up, but physical pow-pow guns. But strap up with that mentally. with your, your mental <laughs> because that's really what's that war? They they fuck with your mind, really, but subtly. Like that that parallel shit is real, man. Like how they, I didn't even know they took the fucking shit out of Kit Kat. Did they take the take the fucking dash out of Kit Kat or some shit? What the Kit Kat bar? What do you mean? The Kit Kat bar? Did they do something different to the Kit Kat bar? Like I'm telling you, oh. what's that little subliminal shit that they're changing subtly? Can we, can we can we look that up? What happened? I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Keep okay, it. but I'm just saying they're fucking with your mind. I definitely agree with that, and it's happening in very subtle ways. And yeah. sometimes you'll be the only one who detects it, and you look around at the rest of the room, and you look at, at the other people, and yeah. you just be like, "This is this is parallel." I'm telling you, some shit is about to hit the fan, Gene. And if you're not prepared mentally, you're gonna you gonna have to repeat the grade, Gene. And but when you come back at this time. The next time you come back to this planet, it ain't gonna be the same planet. Nope. Look, I'm telling you. Is it gonna be the same planet, Armand? Armand, you look a little quieter. Right car, I don't wanna be what happened? Did we, did we hit you? I did my time on planet Earth. I'm good. Did we hit you a little? I mean, is it too I'm, heavy? Is it no, no. I this I is. I get paid to think party. about this shit. No. Give us some of your that? thoughts. A, a penny for your thought. Is that what it's called? A dime for your thought. Penny well, for your thought. I, like, uh, first of all, I have like I was thinking about this the other day, but that like I really have hope in like humanity's future, despite bad things. Because no matter what's bad going on right now, it was always worse before right now. So like a hundred years ago, whatever form of oppression you're talking about, it was probably worse. And then like a hundred years before that, it was probably worse again. Yeah. And then you keep going back. So it's like, yeah. I understand. Like I, I understand that people have we have sh oppression to like complain about right now, and we should, and we should like talk about how to fix it. But it's too late. Can't should be fixed. Mm. I'm good. I don't know. What do you mean? Mm. You don't think the only thing you can really fix is your surroundings like around you. And hopefully it can spread to the world. But other than that, humanity as a whole is is, is fucked. I'm sorry, it's done. But what is what is done is done, and the, the karmic things are, has already been set in stone. It's See, I like I would agree. You know what I'm <laughs> I would agree, but so, I think the the. Anytime there's been like a critical like moment in humanity's history, I bet people thought the same way, and we made it right. And then yeah, exactly. We good. What? Oh, hold on. You just said that we're not good. We doing? good because we have that light. Everybody see it. It's still a lot of people on the on, like, it's not really. Oh, okay. They're, they're, they're artificially connected. 
They're zombies. Yes, they're zombies. And that was the metaphor with The Walking Dead and the whole zombie movies. No motherfucking zombies ain't the walk the, even though the dead can actually come because in New Orleans they have a voodoo trick where they can make your body seem dead and your hearts can stop beating and then damn they're taking you and bury you and you'll come back out and you're like, what the fuck? You'll come back alive. And then that's what that's that's where the zombie thing came from. It came out of the Vodou. And then there's super okay. It came out of the Vodou. It came out of the Vodou. We haven't had super facts in a while. Vodou, yeah. Vodou. So the whole the zombie thing they they would give it was something they they were doing voodoo. They would give you something that would put you to sleep and would stop your heart. And then you would just wake up from it. And then you stuck in a box. And you got to fucking like I promise. Woo! Don't play with that. But Prince, that voodoo that I'm telling you. Down in New Orleans and all that shit. I'm telling you, they got some tricks, dog. But that's where the whole zombie thing came from. It's because it was happening and people were coming out the damn grave. And that was like, it was some something that was get. I don't know what it was. It was it, I don't know. It's almost like, I don't saying? know. You saying we're zombies? I'm not saying. That was, the, that was in the zombie way. But mentally zombies, it's a lot of, it's a lot of brain dead people out here. It's a lot of unconscious people out here. Yeah. It ain't about black and white, blue, yellow, green. It's about what that light do, what their mind do. Are you awake or not? Are you really, are you, not McDonald's woke. Keisha's woke this morning. What the walking that with the McMuffin. Like, when I see that shit with McDonald's, y'all can't get over that Armand, shit. Armand, do you have a solution at all? Man. I mean, we brought you here. <laughs> yes, yeah, study, study, motherfucker. You've been, you've, study. Been, you've been getting your PhD. Yo, do your math. Do you're your right, studies. You're a TA and, and, and now. And prepare yourself mentally and... And prepare yourself mentally and set, and get and get, get some money. And disconnect from this disconnect as much as you can from living in living for somebody else's dream. In terms of like clocking in, find it is something within you that you can do that's innovative, can make money on your own, and it will be successful. Yes, you can you, you can do your little side hustle, nine to five, whatever you want to do, but do something else too. Learn like you gonna have to you use that skill to make money because it's 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 gonna be a shift. There's gonna be a shift going on, uh, and I and I think if you don't have something to bring to the table, you're not gonna get a seat at, at the table. What's up, Salons? How you doing? Uh, and her husband. <laughs> so in terms of like social systems, I think we're at a we're at a point where a social system where our social system is gonna change. Whether it, and that includes like economics and politics because there's like contradictions building up within capitalism and democracy as we know the word today like i'm okay with democracy but i don't think what we live under is like democracy it's like ruled by a tiny you know elite uh, who who have money so um like if you're asking for a solution i would like you know me i'm a socialist so like why are you a socialist because i mean just like you were saying with marx marx pointed out tons of things wrong with capitalism Tons of injustices inherent to the system, so you know it's an exploitative, t exploitative system like by its very nature. It's an imperialist system by its very nature. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's a long answer why I'm a socialist. Yeah, we got a lot of time. All right. Yeah, we here, man. We here. We ain't got <laughs> shit to do. This is why we brought you. Give it to us. Okay, so give it to us. so first of all, the very like point of capitalism is like to make profit, right? It doesn't prioritize human need. So, 
human needs we see all around us in this country, in Europe, in fucking Africa, in fucking Asia, all these places, there's some, there's poverty, there's unemployment, there's people who are being exploited in the worst kind of ways, whether it's like sweatshops, whether it's here in the United States, like people making minimum wage, people doing like, people getting abused by bosses. The whole point is to abuse- In the city grabbed by their bosses? Yeah, Y'all I mean, better leave yeah. these women alone. Leave these women alone. Got me. Leave them women alone. Yeah, right. God, so the whole point is to, for is the whole point is for a rich class of people to exploit the majority of people. So it's inherently unjust, unjust as it is. Um, in on just the premise of like when you ask the question, what is capitalism? Uh, so capitalism is predicated on the accumulation of wealth, and the only way that the accumulation of wealth can happen is if certain people are exploited, and generally that means the majority are exploited by a powerful minority who will increase the power endlessly. Infinitely. Correct. So correct. So the only reason anything is produced in society, why does why do people make table? Why do why do why do people make a table? Why do people make food? It's just because they they're boss. Shit. They well, no, I something. mean because. It actually happens because they're, it's going to make money for a capitalist. So he's the one who owns the machine, he owns the farm, he owns the industry, he owns something, and then people are going to have he's going to have people come into these things and not make food because people need it according to like quotas or whatever. <laughs> Beyond his basic needs is the key, right? Yeah. Beyond his human needs. What is even even is consumable, literally physically possibly possible. So the point, consumable. yeah, exactly. So the point is profit. Uh, so you know, just one fact Human, humans have enough food on the planet for 10 billion people, but we have 7 billion people on the planet and we have people starving to death. So that means they're just That's an so inefficient... Because like, okay, for the people that graduate, let me see, carried one, so 7 billion, we got two, carried two. Um, but we got almost in the world. Well, ain't gonna be at yeah. No, that's why. No, everyone should be able to eat. Cause oh we, yeah, that's true. Well, we yeah, have enough food for 10 billion. Cousin, he he kind of big though, so he might be. He counts too. <laughs> you know, I remember. I remember like. I don't know how long ago this was, but I remember when some some somebody was talking about like the the motives of a company and like business and entrepreneurship and how they were talking about like constantly expanding and I think it was the first time the concept really sunk in this idea of just con like you just constantly are expanding why not just have like you you have your group of people that you sell to and i remember it really struck me as like i was just like i, I remember like i was like what, what, what is it, just endless growth you just yeah. keep on growing and grow like a bacteria well, like a that's virus cancer that's what dude I, I, I was like what the fuck this wasn't my, i mean i was like 18 or something but when i really paid attention to the idea of what the a corporation is supposed is. to do and I think it was on a radio or something and they're just talking about profit margins and I was like what I was like what do you mean you just keep on growing you just keep on growing and How, growing you got I mean it's, it's earth dog yeah you're gonna run out you're gonna run out of resources you're gonna exactly. run out of something I was like, it's an interminable it end? yeah I mean, and then that, then that's where imperialism comes in too. Okay, so so that's just one. I mean, you know, let's go back. We we'll do a summary. We have be, when people get mistreated on the job. Hey, hold on, man. We spitting all this nasty. I got cold. Yeah, but how you know somebody down there will listen to the I'm trying to studio audience or something. I ran out of tissues. So if we have yeah. poverty in the United States, if we have people getting mistreated on the job, we got people not making enough money. We got people not eating. We got people starving on the streets. It's all because. Something in in this world is not happening because they're not because someone's not 
because because a capitalist needs to make profit. So he doesn't hire someone because it's not profitable. If he doesn't make food for someone, it's because it's not profitable. If someone gets mistreated on the job, it's probably good because it's profitable. So that insatiable desire for profit it, it never ends it goes it expands to other countries oh, too oh, right. okay, and that's yeah. where imperialism comes in yeah yeah because if we want more money whether it's it's there's so many methods by which a capitalist is gonna say i'm not making enough here i want to export as well i want to build a factory somewhere else i want someone else's oil i want someone else's resources cut to the exploitation of the middle east exactly cut to terrorism where suddenly we have this narrative of terrorists being the enemies of America when meanwhile, if you go back, if you look at the history, it's really a history of the subjugation and exploitation of a certain group of people who have like decided to rise up and say, fuck you, America. Yeah. We're fighting for what we, for our... Well, hold on, hold on, you can't say fuck you, America, because you know, we, we still got to, you know, it's still like, you know, kind of like our country, you feel me? But at the same time, we gotta just say fuck what's killing America and fuck what's taking down America. Well, he's impersonating people. Oh. No, I'm not. I'm not impersonating. No, I thought he was Howie. I'm being Howie. Howie. Like Howie. I'm man. being Howie. Oh. No, what I'm saying is. My bad. No, no, no. What, 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 what I'm saying is these terrorists uh, are uh, because, dude, you know, somebody was talking about this. I think it was a former CIA agent, and they're like, you know, in American culture, we have this thing of where we we have this history in pop culture of this narrative of the rebel and how the rebel fights against this huge empire. entity or institution yeah. of some kind like star or wars. empire star wars or just any yeah. you know just any sort of the rebel uh, uh archetype in american culture is a huge yeah. huge archetype rebel without a cause like just in the in the the, the national like consciousness right. we have this idea and we idolize the rebel like culturally and socially whatever but when you look at how America actually treats rebels, i.e. Fred Hampton, or Huey Newton, or the Socialists, or the Communists, or if we go back to Shay's Rebellion, which shout out to Brian Newman, my teacher for money and politics, who Ani was a TA for, shout out to giving me that 100% on the paper. I owe you tacos. <laughs> but well, Shay's Rebellion, yeah, go, back to Shay, go back to Shay's Rebellion, and how, how this country was started, was was the subjugation of a certain group of people who were being exploited. Shades Rebellion, if you look at the history of America, was farmers who were getting saddled with debt because the merchant class of America was being subjugated by the merchant class of Europe. That's right. Right? And, and so, and so, like, they just passed it on down to the little guy, and the little guy suffered. And that was the beginning of American culture and, and set the tone for how America conducts itself, right? So they have, like, there's this weird... Dude... America has this weird cognitive dissonance where they have two existing ideas in its head, <laughs> right? You talking about the, the dude, hypocritical and the, 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 it's like the dude, it is chaotic. It's like, it's like they're they're homophobic and gay at the same time. Yeah, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> they have these two ideas that exist that are diametrically like how you gonna be homophobic and gay? Though? Like diametrically what, opposed uh, what, what, at the what? same time. <laughs> This idolization of rebels, but then when the rebel actually exists, fuck the rebels. So cut to... We are the large evil empire that's usually oppressing that's them. That's what I'm saying. Oppressing people in the Middle East who now... how I, what I, what The point I'm trying to get at is how terrorism really was a problem that was created by American intervention in the Middle East. Yeah. And how this terrorism... Ain't exactly. no fucking terrorist attacking Scandinavia, really. At the end of the day, they're not really... You know, Scan terrorists aren't attacking places 
in Africa besides Boko Haram, but I, I don't know much about Boko Haram. Oh, but, you know niggas. You, you look like one of them. You know what I mean? Like, did you know? Did you know ISIS, Al Qaeda, ISIS, Al Qaeda, and the Taliban were all American, basically right. on American, yeah, all on American side at one point tell in their people, existence. Tell these people I'm on top. So we could, so in in the 80s, you know, we were paying Taliban and Al Qaeda groups that would become the Taliban and Al Qaeda to go fight our enemies. So we're using these people. We basically found this extremist Islamist movement by funding them and training them. You know, Osama bin Laden was. Trade on the by the by the CIA's money, like the CIA's money paid for Osama bin Laden's military training. Bin Laden somewhere chilling right now on an island with a motherfucking New York fitted hat on, got like two little brown little business with him because you know he like chocolate. I've seen the Prince of Bin Laden, he like chocolate. Yeah, him and Gaddafi. I don't know what it is. The chocolate sisters they do something. I don't know what it is. And then and then we got ISIS today. You know, they just came out with a report yesterday. We've long known this that the United States' weapons have been found their found their way to ISIS's hands yeah. because we were funding them and their allies. They got Toyotas. Exactly. They're riding around in Toyotas. Oh, the Toyotas are Japanese made. Yeah, I mean, they're buying American. They got some so, American supplies. I mean, I'm sure if we, if we figure, if we do the, if we do our Googles, we'll find out that it came from the U.S. But <laughs> and why? Because we were training them to fund. To overthrow and fight another person we consider our geopolitical enemy, which right. was Assad, and in the 80s it was it was the Soviet Union. And the motive so, was capitalism. Period. Exactly, because these because these two countries that we were trying to overthrow and bring under our sphere of influence were in the Soviet sphere. We didn't have access to their markets. We didn't have access to their oil, to their labor forces. That's what we wanted. You know what? At the same time, though, capitalism makes Ferraris. I mean, yeah, Lamborghinis, Snapchat. Yeah, but you can make everything. iPhones. You know, Durags, that's, that's what sucks is like sure. capitalism what? is also pretty undeniable that capitalism has created some of the most amazing inventions known to mankind. You know, I think socialism is capable of that, but we haven't seen any kind of creative socialism in our in our well, anytime, his, in recent history at all. Anytime socialism or communism happens, it's a disaster. Every time what? Every time socialism or communism happens, it's a disaster. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I think they... Russia, China... No, no, no. Relative... I think relative to where these countries were in their history, they were abs They were really well, good successes compared to their point in history. So, I mean, just let's just go with the ones you said. Okay. You know, when Russia was... Before 1917, Russia is the, like, poorest country in Europe. They're getting around... They, they don't I even... No money in Russia. They don't have ru roads. Oh, I don't think we're in the Russian nation. Yeah, they I mean, know. not before they the revolution. They so, do have big butts, huh? Russian girls. I, I, maybe. Nice I don't know. Yeah, probably. Huh? Russian girls have nice asses, though. Man, I've seen a couple. I, you know me, I wouldn't lie to you. Especially about no, no Russian motherfucker. But I ain't gonna lie, statistically showing in Cruz life, <laughs> I've seen about eight thick Russian chicks. I'm not gonna lie to you, dog. Uh, if, if, oh, if I'm lying, oh my I'm gonna say, I'm the money. I know that's how bad, that's how thick they were. That's how thick they were. Okay, I'm gonna get a top because we gotta fix this money. That's how thick they were. But yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, nigga, I'm telling you, it's, uh, I've seen it from my own eyes, but anyway. So in the Soviet Union, they before like a strip club, at least, at least one little magic city. Russian, Russia. yeah. A little, a little, a little Russian magic city winner, you know. Good, good economic thing. Anyway. So in before the Soviet Union comes to power, this is the poorest country in Europe. Um, they have no industry. Their country based, their economy is completely based on just farming. So they only ten percent of society can even read. Nobody's ever seen a doctor in their whole life. They don't even know what that is. So just in 30 years, despite all of Stalin's repression, everything he's known for, um, the actual economic system of collectivizing the economy produced remarkable 
you know, successes for Russia at that time. So we have, like I said, one of the poorest countries in Europe at the time going to the biggest super, the second biggest economy on earth, the one of the only two superpowers on earth. More books are produced in this country than anywhere else. Everybody has a job. Ain't everybody. Ain't nobody reading no. read no books. Every no, they had ninety nine percent literacy by the time by that time. So they went from ten percent to ninety nine percent literacy. Everyone's got a job. There's no such thing as homelessness. There's no such thing as um, uh, like. I mean, not paying your rent on time because everyone's rent is only 5% of their salary. Everyone can see a doctor. Everyone's got free education. Um, everyone's got a, free a month free vacation time. Women are retiring at 55 in the Soviet Union. Here we have people that are not even retiring until they're like 80. So is one year paid maternity leave and two years if you need it. Um, free childcare. And despite this... this the Soviet Union having been dramatically less developed at that time, what the point is that relative to what they should have been, um, the Soviet Union was an overwhelmingly economic, over, economically successful. And you and furthermore, they didn't even have access to the West market. The West was already they already had cars. They were developing electronics, computers, rockets, and shit. They didn't even have access to these markets. Once you actually do business with rich capitalist countries, you can get richer yourselves. They were, the Soviet Union was blockaded. They did this all by themselves. So, um, I think the point is they it wasn't as economically successful because wait, they wait, had what wait. About, what about the Gulag Archipelago? So and all the deaths, well, yeah, and the murders and. The I mean, the Soviet Union, is, uh, under Stalin's time at least, and was an extremely repressive state as well. So, but these two things are not really connected. Just because they're collectivizing the economy doesn't, and they have gulag, or just because they have gulags doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the fact that they're collectivizing the economy. So, um, Stalin was just a very extremely strict and paranoid leader himself, but he also had good reason to think that because the, so, the entire Western, you know, world, the most powerful militaries on earth, were trying to overthrow him. So he's just this really paranoid, awful guy as well. But he's also in this rut where he thinks that if I don't commit massive amounts of oppression, um, you know, the, the, the West is going to find this way to overthrow us. So yeah. the economy itself being collectivized and being successful was not caused by gulags. So what's, so, you, think, what's you think behind like the whole Russian thing now? You think like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you think they, they in cahoots with, with, with the, the administration in a way in some way? Russia? Think? Yeah. Like, well, like, um, like the evidence that you gathered, what would you, what, how would you make your assessment, my brother? That's that's an interesting question because the the way I approach the Russia issue today is that like the Democrats are really freaking out about something that they have yeah. not that much evidence about. So Democrats yeah. are trying to accuse the government of being in, you know, in cahoots with Russia. Yeah. But I'm thinking like the Democrats are probably just saying this because they realize they blew a completely good opportunity for them to be you know the bitch. worst so person like, like a bitter ex-girlfriend like bitch go on yeah. somewhere you lost bitch i got a new bitch that's, damn go on that's the thing with yeah. the democrats is like their hands are not clean either <laughs> yeah like not even they may even be dirtier than the republicans yeah yeah like fuck talking about trump and the russians let's talk about donna brazil and debbie Wasserman schultz yeah, and hillary clinton and those three and that's it Let's just talk about those I mean, three. But damn, that's how long they gonna be bitter for? What do you mean? What the Democrats said? Forget. What do you, they don't even have a right to be bitter. Let's talk about the oh. crimes of the DNC and how they 
hijacked the election <laughs> process. Because I know they, they listen, they listen, so I can't. Just let them listen. Fuck you, Debbie Wasserman. Nah, I can't. You know. But it's certain Democrats that ran for office. They got a lot of blood on their hands, and I think they need to sit the fuck down if they know what's good for them. Mm-hmm. Like she did. Mm-hmm. She did good. And I, I don't agree with either side. Fuck both sides. You hear me? Because at the end of the day, that shit ain't nothing but a motherfucking illusion anyway. Democrat or Republican, all that shit. Get out of here with that bullshit, homie. Democrat. If you don't know that shit's connected like motherfucker, you know what? It's just like all the motherfuckers, and I commend them because they, they was they trying to get changed and I feel that and all that. But you know what, man? The only thing I would say would happen different if Hillary Clinton was in office, because I know my people, um, they would have they would have kind they would have kind of like pressed Hillary. They would have pressed Hillary. This ain't the '90s, bitch. Ain't no super predators around here, okay? Ain't nobody no super predators. You ain't for the mass incarcerate. I think they would have kind of like had her had they foot on her neck a little I don't bit, think so. yeah, huh? I don't think so. But that it might have not worked. Who knows if it would have worked or not? But the moral of the story, that shit is a motherfucking illusion. That shit is like, come on, man. It's, it, come on, man. That's what I'm saying, man. Like it's you can't get too, too distracted out here. That the two parties are the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for, I mean, more or less. Yeah, in in some ways no, but like both parties for their entire like hundred or more year existence have basically come down on the same side when it comes to fundamental things about defending capitalism and imperialism uh, and the system as as a whole, a system as we know it. So, um, and both of them have really been like, especially the Democrats who pretend to be this party of like the progressive left and whatnot. Um, they have been remarkably stubborn in like staying, staying there, staying in that spot where they of like, like political centrism. So, <coughs> um, I think like when you compare the United States to like other countries which have like a wide range of political parties, yeah. the Democrats and Republicans are remarkably similar for the only two parties we have. Um, they both also have very similar cultures in terms of like corruption and whatnot. So. Um, I don't, yeah, like you were saying, I don't even think there's much of a difference. And if one party's hey, corrupt, hey, I really don't think it's that... It's homies. Yeah. It's just like when you go to court, right? You go to court, right? And, and you fucking leave the, leave the courtroom, and your lawyer go talk to another nigga lawyer. Yeah. Like, nigga, no, nigga, no homies? Like, nigga, y'all know each other? Like, nigga, I'm telling you, G, they being, man. Well, part of the problem is we don't have a parliamentary system, right? And I, I think a parliamentary system would probably be more representative. And the issue is representation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be better, but, like, I mean, if, even if we had that and only these two parties, the system would be the exact same. Okay, all right. Armand, you've been, you've been getting a PhD for the past six months, seven months, eight months, three months? Three months. Tell me, three months. What, do you, what have you learned? How do we, what do we do? Oh, God. What do we do? Armand. I think we create socialism. We get, we get, we find a new way to replace capitalism. I think you do you. You gotta do you and your because it ain't no fixing no system, G. I don't think socialism in the sense that we've seen in the twentieth century. <coughs> I don't think I'm not talking about socialism we've seen. I'm talking about some kind of new creative type of socialism. And I think people are com- more and more coming up with these ideas themselves. But we're gonna see a new synthesis of anti-capitalism in our era, yeah. and we're gonna see that we're gonna see that rise. I think that's pretty exciting. Yeah. How? What do you? 
because okay for me I, I don't what do you mean specifically by creative uh, well something that allows people to be more creative on the job to create their create and own products themselves when create like uh, you know be innovative in that way um, you know in, in the Soviet Union despite its achievements that I was talking about they still were an extremely authoritarian economy as well not just politically where you know if you're on the job and you tell like a boss like that something's being inefficient or something could be done better the they they have this political paranoia that it fuses into the economic realm where they would tell you they would punish you for pointing out something like that and being creative so I'm saying we still create there doesn't have to be a complete like I don't know, like equality in classes, like I guess a purist communist would like go for. But there has to be some. But we can we can invent something new whereby people still own um, products that they make. They own, you know, things that they make. They they uh, can be creative in all these ways and have some form of ownership over that, where it's not just you know you have a quota. You you live you work in this factory and you have a quota and then you go home go home and you're done. Um, the internet and is is just one of many things that have have allowed people to be creative, and I don't think we have to go back on that. Like, I thought. See, here's the thing. I thought the internet might be the solution in that aspect. It sure, offered people uh, a so a platform on which they could sort of you know they could do that. But now net neutrality has been peeled. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know much about net neutrality. That fucking sucks, though. Ice Cube dropped off the floor on the floor and I picked it up and put it in your bag. I like how these days, they're not even trying to pretend that they're doing yeah. things for the good of the people. Like, it's exactly. just like, who the hell would want this other than, like, five companies on Earth? Like, this is just blatant. And the tax bill, too. It's literally taking... Oh, you gotta put your wax on. It's literally... I wiped it off, and I, yeah, put it on. So. Taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich. So... So just these two things we've seen are just like so obvious, like so obviously like, and this is just what happens when they intensify capitalism like that. And, and yeah. when you go back to what you were saying, I mean, like, I mean, I just personally think that, like, I mean, you just kind of just gotta do you and build, build your damn house. I didn't even think you too. Um, and pretty much, just, you know, uh, focus on your, on, on your, on your, uh, what your program is in terms of what you want to build. And try to disconnect from the system as much as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, by a way of doing that is being your own business owner, I guess. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Or just doing something that's you don't have to worry, rely on um, somebody giving you money. You know what I mean? Um, that I mean, I think I mean I think that's like the. Or if you do do that, do it through the means of this is this is what this is what I bring to the table. Like like when I say me, I mean your, your talent, whatever you have. You know. Uh, what, what, what you do? What, what's your passion, bro? Like, what's your, what's your, um... uh, I like to teach, and I like to do research. So what kind of research? Because I'll be doing research, too, in Brazilian, big boot, big booty Brazilian. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I do, that's research, though. You know, you feel me? It'd be research, you know? Yeah. What, what kind of research, though? I, I do social movements and, like, globalization. <laughs> <laughs> no, you be checking out the Brazilian bitches. You know what you do, man. Don't be fun, man. You don't even check in the Big Woody Brazilian chicks, man. You're like, uh, and it is to the Big Woody Brazilian chicks, uh. When I, when I get around to it, uh, I check out the social, uh, context of the. I'm fucking with you, Yeah, you should. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Damn, nigga, nothing else. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm saying like research that like pu- is like publishable, like where. Oh, it's publishable. <laughs> <laughs> you said like anybody. Not like I'm like. Like I said, anybody fuck with that other shit, but, but, but like, you know, this shit. Uh, people like this shit, kind of, but you know. Uh, well, right now I'm trying to do a project on um, <laughs> determining. So they have this concept of it's called youth bulge. It's kind of like an unfortunate name, but like it's when a society has like a larger amount of individuals that are 15 to 24 years old. And this is an age associated with like political unrest where people like get into politics and go out into the streets and shit. So if you have more people in that age range than you should, like than you normally would, it's a it's an era where you're going to have more political unrest. So I'm trying to ha- I'm trying to see if this factor in society interacts with the politics of that society and how many opportunities and openings there are for unrest to take place and political change to happen. So I'm looking yeah, go ahead. What is that research process like? Well, it's really like tedious. It's really, it's really long. It takes like years. <laughs> um, so right now, I'm doing like a literature review. So I'm looking up everything that everybody has written about youth bulge, everything that everyone has written about, uh, like conflict and why it happens, uh, etc. And then I have to write. I have to see what kind of research people have already done, so I know that I'm not doing the same exact thing. Um, yeah, because you don't want to do, you don't want to research things that you somebody else research. That's a waste of time. Yeah, and if they did the you same test, too. You know, uh, you want to try to push the envelope when it comes to research. Because yeah. people research a lot of shit out here. Well, and if it, they're getting results, that's another story. Because they'd be researching for 50 years and they ain't find shit. Goddamn, how long are you going to research? And move on some other shit. Play, learn how to play a violin or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, and then you got to run statistical tests. So you got to get, like, data and shit. So you got to, like, look at a bunch of, yeah, numbers. I know, man. It's bullshit. I mean, I love it, but it's like it's really tedious. Is it teaching a relief from the research? Is it what? Is it a relief? Like a relief from what? From the research. Or no, this is the research that I'm talking no, about. No, what I'm saying is when you teach, does it give you an oh, oh yeah. You know, give you a break. Yeah, kinda, because because I do like the social interaction part of it, and I like the uh, I I mean I like helping people, so it's like. You get to do that all the time when you're teaching. It's also empowering, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you have, like, four, like between 30 and 500 minds, like, depending on the class size, in your hand right here. You can do anything you want with them. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very it? empowering. It's too much power for one person. It, that's, you know what it is. That's, uh, it's too much power for one man to have. You know what movie that's from? That's from Kanye West. Man, hell no. I mean, it is, but <laughs> who was that from first, though? Know. That's how, but you knew, nigga. I forgot. You knew that. I, I, I forgot. Um... No, you don't remember that scene in Malcolm X when it, when uh, Brother Johnson got beat up by the police and they marched down to the police station. Oh yeah, and then he puts him in all information. Yeah, and he makes the hand signals. Right, and yeah. the police officer. That's too yeah. much power for one man to have. Yeah, I often think about being a teacher. I worry about the the, the repetition of or the redundancy of being a teacher. Oh. Do you find that it gets repetitive sometimes? Um, yeah, and I, I hate grading papers. I don't know. You you'll, yeah. you would hate grading papers, too. Why would I? Why? It's just, yeah. it's so, like, redundant. You're reading the exact same paper. You're reading oh, the exact yeah. same paper. Like, you could be reading it a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's just, like, little differences that you have yeah. to judge whether or not you have to take off points for that. Like, yeah, yeah it, it drains you. Um, 
but teaching is um because we some badass little kids though because i work with kids yeah. for like 20 years plus man so it's kind of like my first kid job i was a um a ymca a YMCA youth counselor in seventh grade you know what i'm saying so ever since then like i've worked with chicago youth programs with uh frederick Dudley community center like this different because like i like working with kids especially you know what i mean because it's a song about like because it's like i came through that circuit yeah. the big brother big sister kind of like boys and girls club and having a mentor Somebody shit you ain't gotta worry about doing no weird shit to and then like you know what I'm saying? Just somebody like an older voice that like, look, you don't know, that's you don't need to do that. Or you did your homework, y'all keeping grades up. I was just a subway, man. I was a subway, young cats in there, you know what I'm saying? You know, they cool little young cats or whatever, they, they just talk whatever. And I came in, I was like, damn, it's hot as hell in here. I was like, damn, y'all got all the ovens on. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, they, they, they laughing and shit. You know little youngsters and shit, but <laughs> As I left the subway, I was like, hey, y'all keep me all grades up? Like, that's the circuit I came through. That's good. You got to make sure them kids is, is, you know what I mean? Staying on kind of, as much as you can, you can't do it all. But all that reinforcement from different angles, yeah, yeah. It, it helps. No, you know, when you're you know a kid, saying? you don't listen to the direct angle. You don't listen to your parents. You don't listen to your teachers. But you will listen to that crazy old bald ass dude who comes to the subway talking about it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, how do they respond? What did they say? No, nah, they was like, yeah, they was like, yeah, they, I was yes, like, sir. No, they said no, yeah, they, yeah, they was real about it. Yeah, I'm it? from Chicago, you know, yeah, South yeah, Illinois, so, man. Yeah. It's just like, I got the little cousins, you yeah. feel me? Yeah, 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 My little cousin stabbed one of my cousins because he went in his pocket too quick. And he, he had been incarcerated, he had been through juvenile, so he already, he, his PTSD was crazy. He hit me, he ain't 20 years old yet. He, he took the fork and stabbed my cousin as he went in his pocket. Just because he had that PTSD from being locked up. That's what it is right now. You feel me? You got to make sure these shorties are straight, homie. I'm trying to tell you. I check in with the shorties because I feel like they the ones that's going to really reap the benefits of what's going on right now. So check in with the shorties. Make sure they straight. Make sure they keep make, make sure they keep them grades up. So I told her, I was like, make sure y'all keep them grades up so y'all can work for yourself. So you ain't going to work for nobody else. What did they say? They was like, all right. They're like, yeah, we keeping them up. All right, I swear to God, that's what they said. Yeah, Shout out. They, they just need a little. I'm telling you, that's yeah. all these shorties need is somebody to just guide them, homie. That's it. Shout out to the Melanin Gang. Melanin Gang is the gang that my brother and sister belong to. It's nonviolent. It's mostly just friendly. But uh, how many people in that gang? Uh, <laughs> about like, how deep is that gang? <laughs> I don't. Ever, I ain't never seen that gang on the gang. At on the gang least spreads, about you know, fifteen. There's at least fifteen. Yeah. And they're all listening. 15, yeah. What's up, Melon Gang? Really? MG in the house. For the most, I mean, every I'm, now hey, and then. Hey, if you listen to us, if you give us your ear, your energy, that I, I appreciate it that from the bottom of my heart. Because you don't have to do that. Real talk. And you just you listen to what the hell we got to say. And we, we all just exchange the light, man. Don't nobody know everything. You think it? Don't nobody know? Come on, man. Yeah, but true. we're just going off of what we know and we exchange that. And that's what we need to get back into. Instead of being introverted and unsocializing with each other. And this is being real. That's my, my biggest beef is the lack of socialization. The lack of communication. Yeah. The being on your phone. I fucking hate the phone thing. Sitting right. at a table when people are on their fucking phones. Yeah. Yeah, I hate... I, I hate... Dude, there's this bit in, like, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm where they're reshooting Seinfeld. And it's a bit where, like, they're revisiting Seinfeld and... Uh, what's her name? Elaine pulls out her phone and starts talking. And he's like... Jerry goes, you know, if you just pulled out a magazine in the middle of a conversation and just started reading it, 
that would that would be a travesty. Nobody yeah. would ever accept that. But somehow we have allowed ourselves to just like you could be in a middle of a conversation, people just like pull out the phone and be like, "Excuse me, one second. And they don't even say "Excuse me." They're just yeah. like, "Yep, yep." And then at that point, it's like I, I'm just gonna walk away. I'm just walking away because I mean, because you got because I'm telling you, you gotta be be more careful about who you share your energy with. Because your energy is very vital right now, especially in a vampiric and vampire system we live in now, where everything is sucking you somewhere. Sucking your energy from, some, from something. Whether it's monetary, whether it's energy, whether it's anything. Be careful who you exchange your energy with. Treat it like it's gold. You feel me? That's why sometimes... Don't feed in the shit, homie. Girls hit me up. Girls hit me up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna be like a girl with this situation, and just be like, uh, you're not good enough for me. Yeah. I topped you turbulent. Yeah. My energy is gold. My dick is gold. You can't have it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is. But that's not gonna work though. You still, you ain't gonna do pussy bubbles. Maybe it's okay. You try it though. I'm like, nigga, what? Nigga, I don't smell that bullshit. Nigga, I don't wanna hear that shit. I'm about some energy and gold. Nigga, I don't know where that. He had a white scarf on, so I don't fuck with niggas with white scarves anyway. You know, white lighters or white scarves, nigga. Hold on. Value. Hey man, we about close out here. You got anything else to say, man? I'm good. You like, you like, man? Like, I'm tired, man. Final words. Final words. Give yeah. us a little something to go off. A little bit of a uh, just a rising, you know, some stirring, yeah. the emotions. Just what you talking about? Give us something. All right. For episode whatever. Yeah, it give, is give, give us a tip. Give us a tip. Give us like. All right. Yeah. Well, to the kids um, listening, everyone listening. Um. Yeah, you need to you need to get involved. You need to learn about the world. You need to learn uh, the about the problems in the world, and you need to not be afraid to like go out there and solve them. You need to not be afraid of being active in the world, being a, being a protester, engaging your world in a positive way where you want to change something. Uh, you know, as Gandhi said, "Be the change that you want to see in the world," and that's that's a very helpful proactive way to think about things. Whether it's your life or it's all society, if you see something wrong in society, go change it. And the same thing should apply to your life. If you see something wrong in your life, go change it. No one else is going to change it. I mean, the, this is your world. If, if you don't change it, somebody else is going to do that. And if you, want, if you think they're going to change it in the wrong way, if you see people around you like, oh, I don't know, I don't really know what, what they believe, it ain't, the, ain't that great. Uh, they're going to they're gonna change the world and they're going to apply those ideas to the world if you don't. Right. So yeah. identify yeah. the right problems. Um, History is written by the winners, not the losers, baby. Yeah, and really? so engage your world in a proactive way. I heard that. Not just <laughs> don't just engage in proactive and get the proactive clear your skin up. Engage in proactive life too. You dig? Anyway, you got to get that up, Professor? No, that's about it. It's been a party either way. Yeah, it's fine. We out this thing. Yeah, for listening. Peace to everybody. We out of here. We out. Get, make sure your credit score right. Get your credit score right.